Hello and welcome to another episode of The So-So Show. Can you believe it's episode 17? Oh my gosh, we're old hat at this now, aren't we? <laughs> this is a podcast especially for the city of Southampton with her Zoe Hansen and me, Simon Clark, bringing you the entertainment, interviews and lots of fun with a unique Southampton flavour this week. We look ahead to the new football season with Ben Stanfield from the Total Saints podcast. He's also going to talk a bit more about the history of right. their podcast, which is really, really good. And we'll also be talking cycle lanes and bus lanes with Dave. Right, Dave. Or Councillor Shields, oh. as he's known properly. The elected member of the Fremantle Ward. He's coming on to represent the council and to talk about the cycle lane on Bassett Avenue that is no more. Oh, yes. And whether or not the bus lane in Bitten might go the same way. Oh. And we'll talk a bit about environmental issues too. But but Dave will be along later to talk more about that. But what about your week, Simon? Because you have just come out of quarantine. I mean, it's like a kid in a sweet shop. What have you been up oh, to? Oh, <laughs> my word. What haven't I been up to? <laughs> so who would have thought actually leaving the house, stepping over the front door would be so exciting? My quarantine ended on Sunday morning. I smashed out a bike ride first thing and then I caught up on loads of little bits and pieces I had to do. But I couldn't do those until I'd worked out where I'd left my house keys because, of course, I hadn't used them for a fortnight. <laughs> Then I went to the shops. Could I remember my PIN number because I haven't used a cash card for two I mean, weeks? I think this is more to do with your age than anything else, just being that forgetful. <laughs> Were it not for the fact I hadn't been anywhere for two weeks, yeah, I would say totally it's my age. Um, let me just check, first of all, then. So so who is the Prime Minister? That's always the question they ask. Oh, that's it? still Boris Johnson, <laughs> and it's still the year 2020. <laughs> so one of the things I did, having been inside for so long, was now make the most of Eat Out to Help Out on the final day. Right, so Bank Holiday Monday, I am hoping that you've had five meals in the time that they were open. No, I only did the one. Okay, right, you did the one. I only did the one, but it was such a big one that we didn't want to eat afterwards. Where was the choice place? We went to West Quay and my 14-year-old and I smashed a Five Guys. Ah, and nice. And the thing with Five Guys is, even if you if you have a burger and you only have one portion of fries between you, you still feel stuffed afterwards. Right. But we went, we had a Five Guys, and then we went upstairs and watched the new Christopher Nolan film, Tenet. Right. Have you seen the trailers for Tenet? No. Right, Tenet is one of those films where you look at the trailer and you go, oh, wow, that looks like it's going to be quite intense. And obviously it's got Christopher Nolan's name on it as well. He did Dunkirk and a load of other films. So right. I thought, oh, this will, be, this will be good. And I went in, as did he, not knowing anything about it, but having been told that it was really good. Right. And it's one of the first times I've come out of a film in the cinema and thought to myself, do you know, maybe that might make a bit more sense if I sleep on it and think about it in the morning. Have you ever walked out on a film? Yes, once. Go on, what was it? I can't remember. There was a bit in it with Steve Martin and he was a cowboy. And that was in the first sort of five minutes and I walked out on it. I've only ever walked out on one film and I think it was a Brad Pitt film and it, it I think it was called Once Upon a Time or something and I just couldn't get my head around it. I've, I've never wanted to walk out before, but I was like, I can't take this anymore. It's just nonsense. I've got to go. How long ago was that? A uh, long time. However, if you'd have walked out of this film and gone and 
you know, gone to eat out to help out again, you know, I would excuse you again. <laughs> you know, I said to him as we came out, I said, are you hungry yet? He said, no. He still wasn't hungry by about seven o'clock in the evening and we ate at midday. <laughs> but what was really interesting was seeing the queues everywhere. I know, it's amazing, isn't it? The guy who was head of the queue at Five Guys was telling me that they had seen their takings go up on the Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday by sixfold. Right, right. So even if... All these restaurants continued to do 50% off on a Monday, Tuesday and a Wednesday. Yeah. They'd still be in profit, theoretically, right. by three times what they would normally take. Uh-huh. But then I guess the novelty's going to wear off, isn't it? Right. So so there's lots of restaurants still doing the 50% off. I know that Blue Jasmine, you know, we spoke to Barry from, from there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The new place. Oh, my gosh, it looks just amazing. Sort of Pan-Asian place. It's Stunning inside, and they're still doing 50% off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in September. And look, I, I, I could do with everybody just dropping the deal now because <laughs> it puts pressure on me, too much pressure to go out and eat too much food. Because I'm like, yes, but it's 50% off, so you'd better have it, hadn't you? And you factor in some FOMO as well. Yeah. And, you know, that's you done. I know. I think this all comes back to, I remember being at a christening, Years ago, I was only about 10, <laughs> and somebody came ago. past. <laughs> somebody came past with um, some ploughman's lunches, <laughs> and I said, Oh, no, I'm all right. And my dad was like, You take it because it's free. <laughs> <laughs> somebody will eat it. <laughs> so, what about you? Did you eat out to help out as well? I had a bit of a night out, actually. So, um, I went for drinks. I went for cocktails down at Picture and Piano. Oh, yeah. Would you believe, right, so you know when you're on Instagram and you're scrolling through and they say, oh, there's a competition, you can win this if you like and share it or tag your mate or whatever. I won cocktails and Prosecco down at Picture and Piano <laughs> in Ocean Village. I was like, yes, I am all over that. So we had a big fishbowl of... Um, porn star martini we had a bottle of Prosecco and do you know what it was a lovely night it was a really nice evening Saturday night down in Ocean Village like in the marina and all that it was beautiful it was lovely I went with my mates but the weird thing is is sitting at your table having a drink it's a Saturday night and it was lovely to be out but it was so strange. Like you can't go up to the bar, so it's all table service. And and thinking of sort of moving on like we would normally do. We'd normally have like a couple of drinks in one place and then go to another. You can't because you don't know if they're going to have any tables or, mm. you know. or And then they're all going to be shut at half 10, 11 o'clock. So it was a very strange night, a lovely night, but very strange. Having seen the picture of that fishbowl of porn star martini you had... <laughs> I'm amazed you can remember much about it. <laughs> That's what my mate said. <laughs> and she was there. <laughs> the only reason she knows she's there is because she's in the photo. <laughs> yeah. But it was great. It was a really, really nice evening. And, you know, you can you can go out and have all of these sort of big nights out where you go to different places, but you've got to book ahead. Mm. So it sort of takes the spontaneity away from it. And you're always looking for the atmosphere, but you can't talk to anyone. You can't socialise with any other table. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange. I think I'll stick to um, going out for dinner. Yeah, even if you have to pay full price now. Yeah, well... Um, that's why I go on dates. 
I love the fact that you're honest about it. So let's catch up with our first guest, and his name is Ben Stanfield. Now, for the last few years, Ben Stanfield has been running the Total Saints podcast. It's one of the best football podcasts, in my opinion. He's going to tell us a bit more about the history of it. Welcome to the So-So Show, Ben. Simon, it's lovely to be with you. Thanks for inviting me on. No, it's it's an absolute pleasure because your podcast is absolutely brilliant. And not just from a perspective of a Saints fan, but from the perspective of podcasts full stop, especially when you consider that your background isn't in broadcasting or, or communication. So take us all the way back to the beginning. Why did you decide to do a podcast? Yeah, so it's, it's a long story. I mean, um, I'm a Southampton lad, born and bred, Simon. So I grew up in, and uh, spent 25 years growing up in uh, Netley Abbey. So, you know, that's my neck of the woods. And uh, Saints has always been a big love of mine. I think like many boys in the city, you want grew up hoping to, to replicate, you know, Matt Letizia in a shirt at the Dell or something <laughs> like that. And um, just, um, you know, as, as technology's kind of moved on and, you know, the, the game's been sort of more developed you know the Premier League as we know is, is is highly watched around the world now and there's a lot of interest in it and even clubs like Saints that you know to you and I and some of the listeners may feel unfashionable you know they do have a, a global reach now so yeah in July 2017 um, I decided to, to start the podcast as a way to sort of really keep in touch with what was going on at Saints um, either in the picture or, or outside of it a good friend of mine Adam Leach was the uh, the Daily Echo sports reporter during that time he obviously wrote about Saints um, for about 18 years or so and yeah we just got together you know initially just to see how it would go we, we weren't really sure whether you know there'd be loads and loads of listeners or how people would find it it was all around the, the sort of originally around the saga of Virgil van Dijk going to Liverpool so as ever with Saints there's plenty to talk about um, but it's just grown over the last three years Simon and as you say I mean I'm you know I'm very grateful to everyone's feedback because I'm just an amateur just a, a football fan that enjoys putting it together but you know as of, as of now we've had over 200,000 listens around the world and, and it's growing all the time and it's, you know, it's an enjoyable thing to do I have a, a full-time day job so it's kind of my sort of release from that to, to know that I've got the podcast to look forward to really. People listening to it would never know that, that you're an amateur based on the quality of, of what it is that you produce and obviously the standard of the podcast has helped you become acknowledged by the club itself in many ways. Yeah that's right I, I think you know I think Saints are one of those clubs that have their finger on the pulse they've they've worked really hard the last few years to be fair to them to engage more with fans we went through a period where uh, under maybe Nicola Cortese the the old chairman there wasn't a lot of input from fans you know the club were doing their own thing it, it was more of a business it didn't really matter but some of the, the sort of hierarchy of the club now are really driven to listen to fans there's a, a panel that some of the listeners may have heard of called the Saints Voice which is there to sort of really get some comments and, and feedback around what the club are doing well what they can do better and I think we've probably just tried to sort of echo that you know in terms of being positive about the club and what they're doing well on the pitch off the pitch but also being critical when we need to be and and you know I think the club are well aware of um, what's going on in the social media worlds I think they like to to sort of see what's being spoken about and I think it's probably the same with websites blogs podcasts things like that so I don't think we have any more sort of um, preferential treatment than anyone else but I, I do believe as you say that we're respected by them and they're interested in our opinions and that's probably a, a good thing to have. Podcasts are very much the uh, the fanzines of now aren't they? They are I, I think back to my days when I used to go to, to, to watch Saints at the Dal and you'd have a an ugly inside magazine thrown in your face or a beautiful south or something like that I think it is a, a modern way of going about that really isn't it and uh, you, you know fans we love talking about football don't we and I think you know when you're passionate about a game like that there's always something to talk about a player that's done well an incredible goal a, a poor referee mistake or something like that And I think that's been the beauty of doing the podcast I never find myself short of things to talk about with the guys that really really shows so as we approach the start of a new season 
it's kind of contradictory for for a Saints fan to say they have high hopes for the start of the season because traditionally they don't go very well at the start, do they? Is it like two out of twenty one wins at the start of a season? Yeah, that's 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 right. How do you think this season's going to go? Yeah, I, th- I think you're spot on. I mean, yeah, this will be my thirty fourth season watching Saints. I was working it out the other day, and uh, I think we are um, you know renowned for um, expecting doom and gloom, looking at the relegation running when the fixtures come out, and all those sort of things. So I think it would be uh, you know unnatural to some of us to sort of think positively, but it feels like the club is on a crest of a wave at the moment. And again, it could only take a couple of games for that to sort of um, deteriorate again. But they had a brilliant run, obviously, after lockdown at the end of last season. It feels like there's the nucleus of a really good team, a really good squad there. The club hierarchy, you know, Martin Simmons, Toby Steele like that, are guys that they've, they really feel and sound like they're committed to driving Saints forward, despite all of the challenges that we've all gone through over lockdown the last few uh, weeks and months and of course a football club a business will suffer as as much as anyone else but I think the key thing as well Simon is that they managed to sign uh, Ralph Hasen who told the manager to a new four-year deal the, the the thing about Saints the last few years you know Claude Puel, Mark Hughes, Pellegrino we've had a lack of stability in the managerial um, position and I think hopefully you know Ralph Hasen who he's he's got a lot of charisma a lot of passion you can see that on the touchline and it feels like the squad are very much behind him and I think all of that rolled into one probably gives the impression that we are quite optimistic about the new season and they didn't start last year particularly well so I think there'll be some pressure on them to do that this year but as I say it feels like there's a buzz around the city again and for guys like you and me that live and breathe Southampton and we want to see the city do well it means a lot I think. Ben Stanfield from the Total Saints podcast which if you haven't listened to it yet is really really worth 50 minutes of your time it's so well put together whether you're a Saints fan or not I think You'll enjoy it because they make it really easy. Oh, nice. So this is the week where kids go back to school. This is the week where all that lovely new stationery that all the girls have bought will uh, get put into the lovely new pencil cases that the <laughs> girls have bought and, and taken back to the school. But um, I'm wondering, just before Lois went back, did you did you do anything special? Any big final blast? Well, OK, so, so Lois is only going back on the 7th. So, um, yeah, we, we, we sort of had quite a big week. I'm not a water baby. <laughs> I'm hands up. You know, look, I play hockey for handball. My friend has tried for years to try and get me out on the water. And she said, look, I've got a kayak. I've got a stand-up paddle board. Let's go out. We can take Lois out. Um, she can have the buoyancy aid and all that stuff. Well, the Litland didn't stop swimming around the river. Um, <laughs> we went all the way down to Universal Marina. Oh, and I spotted something for you, Simon. Okay. That is where the ice cream boat lives. Oh! <laughs> right. Yes. Okay. Yes. The ice cream boat was there and I thought, ah, I must tell him. But kayaking, look, it's hard work. It's really hard work. It's only hard work if you don't do it often because you use different muscles you're not used to using. Well, yeah, like maybe once every 10 years I go kayaking. <laughs> it's hard work, right? It's also hard work when you've got a little one on the back not doing anything, <laughs> trying to paddle the other way. I've got blisters on my hands and then I, I get off the kayak and I swear for about three days I am wobbling. I'm like, oh, I'm still on the sea. Did your mate get you on the stand-up paddleboard? No. (laughs) And she said, come on, come and have it. No, no, I'm all right, thanks. No, I'm all right. Would you be encouraged to get on the stand-up paddleboard if I told you that the horse and jockey have got racks outside the pub next to the handball where you can put your paddleboard up 
park it, go and have a beer, then come back to Can it. Can you get to it by car? <laughs> they have. They've also got a car park, right? But you can't drink and drive. But I'm I'm not quite sure what the maritime laws are as far as paddle balls are concerned, but they're certainly very lenient when it comes to boats. Yeah, but you wouldn't stay on. <laughs> Actually, that would be quite entertaining. We watch you try and do it when you're swaying around all over the place. You are sounding like Chris Reese from the Marathon, who just <laughs> keeps volunteering me for stuff, and we need to leave that there. Okay. So, so we are we are getting ready for school. It is that week. It is stand in front of a door in your uniform and have a picture taken week, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it, look, loads of people will moan about it. Oh, it's it, it. Why do I need to see all the kids in their uniform? Well, tough luck. It's not for you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But I, I personally absolutely love to see everybody looking so smart and everybody's so excited about getting back to school apart from parents who haven't yet bought uniform oh (gasps) don't even go there the panic on is unreal (laughs) the queues outside school kit um were (laughs) phenomenal i mean three hours people are waiting i like what well but you knew they were going back. Yeah, but you don't want to do it too soon because they'll grow. Yeah. <laughs> you want yeah. to leave it till the last couple of weeks and then you'll get maximum wear out of it. I'm I'm laughing and sort of panicking now you've said that because <laughs> I bought Lois's school uniform. So she's seven, so she's going back to year three. And, and I bought her uniform about a month ago. And as you know, she had a spurt, a growth spurt in... Mm in lockdown and grew 12 centimetres in 12 weeks. So I'm just hoping that that hasn't happened again because otherwise she's wearing miniskirts to school. (laughs) Wouldn't it be so much easier if all school uniform was the same? You don't have different regional variations of police uniform or fire brigade uniform, do you? Yeah. So why can't all schools have the same basic ingredients and then that way it's really easy for me to hand me down some of Georgina's old school stuff for you, yeah. for Lois, yeah. for like three yeah. years' time when she gets big enough. I like it. Yeah, it's a great shout, you know. Don't think it'll happen, though, ever. <laughs> no, no, not much, not much. So while we're talking about clothes, I got stuck in a dress this week. Really? So, so I'd ordered a dress. I feel a Zoe story <laughs> coming on. Was there anyone with you at the time? <laughs> or will become apparent. Okay. So... So I'd ordered a dress from Boohoo and it's lovely. It's this sort of um, high neck skater dress and um, it's a lovely silky material. And, um, and, and, but it was a bit short. Right. It came up a bit short. It, I think my bum was sort of lifting it and um, yeah, it was, came up a bit short. <laughs> so I'd already said to my little one, yeah, do the zip up on the back for me. Right. Yep. So she's done that. Anyway, try and get out of it. Gets halfway down with the zip. Nah, can't do it. So I said to Little, go on, you try, you try. And she's like, my fingers are hurting. I can't do it. I can't do it. That It felt like the zip had broken. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, like, I've paid for this, but I want to send it back. But <laughs> I'm stuck in it. What do I do? And I'm like, come on, Lois, you keep trying, keep trying. No, can't do it, can't do it. So eventually I had to go out of the house and across to the neighbour's house. No. 
to say to the neighbour that, oh, could you help me out? Could you undo the zip on this dress? It's half undone already. And she's like, oh, yeah, the zip is broken on it. Oh, And I'm like, well, I can't, you can't cut me out of it because I've got to send it back. And I don't want to keep it because the zip's broken. <laughs> and eventually she managed to get the, the zip all the way down. But then, of course, th- th- my entire back <laughs> side is out. <laughs> And she's like, right, okay, well, look, just shoot across the road now. As I do that, there's no traffic on this road. All of a sudden, like 16 cars come out of nowhere <laughs> just as I'm trying to cross the road. If this was a sitcom, it would have been a funeral procession driving very slowly. <laughs> Your neighbour must see you walking up the driveway thinking, what now? Oh, they do. They really do. I mean, when, when my little one went over there for eggs on pancake day, it was 20 past seven in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even out That's, of bed. <laughs> it's nice to know it runs in the family. Do you want me to tell you a tip next time you end up in that situation, by the way? This is a very boring dad bit of information. But if you find a zip gets stuck, yeah. if you get an ordinary pencil right. and you rub the pencil just at the bottom of the, the part of the zip where it's stuck, yeah. the carbon from the pencil lubricates the motion of the zip and the zip will free itself. Amazing. Amazing. That is a top tip, but you know that Litland would go and get a felt tip or something. Oh, totally. <laughs> She'd be there with a Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> you did very well for not yawning at that piece of information, but I discovered that myself trying to get my 16-year-old out some riding <laughs> boots about three months ago. Very good. Should we get our next guest on? Yes, lovely. I'm excited about this. You're excited about this because it involves one of the most talked-about subjects in Southampton this summer we're talking cycle lanes we're talking bus lanes with councillor shields the elected member of the Fremantle ward hi i'm really pleased to speak on your show simon you were our first councillor oh really well i'm cabinet member for stronger communities deputizing for the leader who's on holiday at the moment i'm the councillor for the Fremantle part of southampton so we're going straight in at the top the cycle lane on bassett avenue has been taken out this week what was the reason behind that uh, yes, it is. All the schemes that we put in, we've been closely monitoring as part of our green transport recovery plan. And with the data for this scheme showing a gradual but steady increase in traffic levels and journey times, we took the decision the other week uh, to remove part of the scheme between Chilworth Roundabout and Winchester Roundabout. But we are continuing to trial the new, a new section between Winchester Road and Wynn Road, which means we're able to balance hopefully everyone's needs appropriately and keep this major route moving efficiently while continuing to invest in green travel. Obviously we're into September, the school runs will start happening again, people are returning to work in the city. Bitten Road West is a very popular route and it's down to one lane either way with the bus lane in place. If you see a similar response there to what you've seen on Bassett Avenue, would you be likely to reverse the decision of that lane? I wouldn't necessarily likely to, because I think we have to look at all the evidence there. I think we need to, to weigh up uh, based on the evidence that we're seeing. It was interesting with the Bitten Road West uh, scheme, uh, we are seeing already improved journey times for buses, and that means that, that people might start thinking seriously about taking the bus rather than getting in their car. So we're going to be watching this closely. If it isn't achieving the objectives that we want it to achieve, then we will have the option to review that. We're using powers granted to us by government and, and money actively being encouraged by government to make use of the experimental traffic regulation orders 
which means we can introduce things on a temporary basis and if they work we can keep them if they don't work we can review them amend them or discontinue them it must be a real challenge to try and juggle the balance between trying to be a bit more environmentally friendly whilst at the same time not upsetting the current flow of traffic that you have using those routes there is a dilemma there and i think there are some balances and trade-offs that need to be made i mean i think we talk about environment and that's really important also talk about the need for for local businesses um, we think about health as well. We want more people taking, being active in everyday life. We, we hear all, every day about rising obesity levels. Um, and the thing I would like to emphasise as well is that we want to make sure that people feel safe. A lot of people I've spoken to want to cycle more, but are frightened to go onto the roads because they feel unsafe. So I think we need to get these balanced right. I personally don't think we're going to return to an old normal. And many of the people who are worried are assuming that there's going to be a return to an old normal. They assume that the football stadium is going to be full. They assume that people are going to be flocking to the city centre for, for shopping. I'm not sure that's the case. And I, I regret the circumstances where we find ourselves, but that does present also an opportunity to start looking at things differently and allowing some of our road space to be shared a little bit more fairly between different users. Would it not have been a more sensible way to split the pavements into half pedestrian, half cycling, to encourage those cyclist numbers to increase. That might be an alternative suggestion that whilst we continue this review that people might want to put forward. I would say that those types of schemes, however, are probably less easy to introduce on a temporary experimental nature because of the amount of cost involved and the, the, the physical distancing. And certainly where I am, I, I represent Fremantle, as I said, in the Shirley area, many people are commenting on some of the schemes there and very wide pavements in places. So I, I would encourage anyone that thinks it's a good idea and thinks it's a, it's a goer to come up with those, those suggestions. I, I think that there is a, a reasonable coexistence between cyclists and bus users in, in most areas, but that, that's obviously something we, we can work on. I suspect that, that cyclists feel less safe with other road users um, in not not well not on the bus lanes. You know, I think that's the the feedback I've got, and particularly worried about large articulated lorries. So you are open to feedback on the schemes that are in place. Absolutely, they're not tablets of stone. Don't think people should get away with that. But we're making taking full advantage of the additional money which the Department for Transport has made available to cities to try and innovate uh, innovative bold schemes like this. But like I say, it's experimental. We're happy to take ideas, monitor the evidence, um, not just the, uh, the uh, opinions, but to actually our own surveys, counting the numbers, how many people are using it or not using it, um, the uh, journey times, how that's impacting on air quality and how that's affecting local business. All of these factors are really important things to be weighed up before deciding how to develop or review these schemes. Councillor Dave Shields talking about bus lanes and cycle lanes. And he was more than happy to come on and do it as well. He embraced the opportunity to tell people that they have the opportunity to share their views. But do you know what? I'm, I love that they want feedback. They want to hear from you. Get in touch with the council. Don't be a keyboard warrior on all the socials. There's no point in putting it on there. You're just ranting. Yeah. Just get in touch with the council. They want to hear what everybody thinks about these things. In the meantime, if you are starting work next week and you're thinking, I really don't want to be held up on Bitten Road West with that one lane going either way, here's a tip for you. 
Mm. Register your car as a taxi. Ooh. Don't 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 take anyone in it. But if you <laughs> register your car as a taxi, you can use that bus link. Can you go in with one of those signs in the back that says "Mum's Taxi"? No, you need to have proper <laughs> plates because otherwise, I'd be in that lane all the while because I spend most of my time now ferrying the kids around all over the place. What's the name of the guy that does Deal or No Deal? What's his name? Noel Edmonds. Noel Edmonds. That's what he did. He went and bought a taxi so that he could use. The um, taxi lanes. Yeah. And I think they caught up with him and said, you are not a taxi. And so I think I've got a feeling that he went and bought a bus as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's one way to make sure you get to your meetings on time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But talking about socials, we need to give a few shouts um, to Lizzie Sutherland, Rachel Saunders, Tiffany Spaulding, Karen Massey as well. Thank you for getting in touch this week. You're superstars. And hello, Vicky Charles as well. Vicky points out that you are the person who asks all the questions that people want the answers for, like, what happens with your pants when you're doing a triathlon? (laughs) I.e., when do you put them on? Not, like, where do you wear them, like, on your head or whatever. (laughs) We must say congratulations to everyone as well who did the Try Try last weekend. And you went along to the Zoe Logic show, didn't you? I mean, this is the first event that was going on in Southampton since... Um, the pandemic has struck and it was brilliant. They had about 60 people around and about um, doing this performance. They'd all learned the dance routine at home and then they came together in Guildhall Square last Saturday and it was phenomenal. What a performance. And Zoe was such a star again. But something always happens to me. Why is it always me? I'm walking down towards Guildhall Square and I could hear the music can feel the bass. And I, I, I said to my little one, right, come on, we got to go, we got to go, otherwise we're going to miss it. So we started running. I went flying. I mean, surfing on my knees, pretty much. There's no skin left. No! And I have to wear only maxi dresses or trousers now. But you know, when you lose the skin on your knees at our age and you have to get down on your yeah. knees quite a bit, <laughs> you really feel it, don't you? My friend Kelly had carpet burns recently, which we're not going to talk about, oh. but... But they did cause her aggro for quite some time. Yeah, I bet. I bet. After Zoe Logic last weekend, there are some other bits and pieces coming in the next few weeks. We've got not one but two boat shows happening. Yes. So the BDL boat show is at Ocean Village. Boats 2020 is Mayflower Park. Both are September 11th until the 20th. And I love that, you know, look, We're not going to be held down. We're not going to be held back. Southampton International Boat Show isn't happening, but they've refocused and they've gone, Okay, let's put something on. Mm. So we've got two boat shows now. We'll be previewing those next week on the podcast and also in the next episode, we're going to the theatre. Yes! How exciting. It's the first time the Mayflower will have opened its doors since the 16th of March. They are moving forward with new performances and we'll tell you exactly how and what next week in the so-so show just like southampton city council we're open for feedback as well we're always keen to know exactly what you think and exactly what you're up to and what's happening around your way so find us on our socials we're on twitter facebook and instagram if there is something going on in your part of the world that you think we should know about do let us know and if you've got anything to say about anything that we've had to say you can comment there as well yes so even if it's something like so paddle and peel pizza 
um, down at Bitter Manor. That's reopened this week. Brasserie Blanc in Winchester is reopening this week as well. So anything like that, please get in touch. Let us know what's going on. Um, Also, if you like the podcast, pass it on to your friends. If you don't like the podcast still pass it on to your friends, you know? Absolutely. Because you could you could pass it on and say, listen to this, it's unbelievable. It's shockingly terrible. And then, being keyboard warriors, they'll tell everybody else how shockingly terrible it is, <laughs> yeah. who indirectly will then go and listen to it, which will get our numbers up, and everyone is a winner. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great week, Zoe. And you, Simon.